Hey everyone, welcome. I am super excited. The subject of fasting has been something that has absolutely captivated me for several years. And I've been doing my best to synthesize and distill all of the core components of fasting. And this is the first synthesis and distillation on the topic. And we have plans to create a really powerful documentary on the subject. One that has even more animation and time and effort and art and story <clears throat> in it that communicates the profundity of fasting even more efficiently across the internet into the world because we have to wake up as a planet to fasting specifically in 2020 in the middle of the year i found herbert shelton who's one of the greatest synthesis and distillers on the subject of fasting that I've ever found in my life. And I read so much of his distillation literature on fasting, and I pieced together the most profound concepts in with also the modern people like Alan Goldhammer, who's had 20,000 patients go through his True North Health Center that he's been founding and directing for the last 37 years where they do things like a monitored 10-day water fast with health professionals. And they've had absolutely incredible results. And they're in the process of submitting more and more scientific literature on the health benefits of fasting. And naturopathy in general, which is such an important, critical, indigenous concept that modernity needs to embed at a deeper level in its heart, generally means the upkeep of youthful health by diet, exercise, sleep, massage, air, sun, water, fasting. So using the natural remedies to maintain youthful health. 
So these two have been two of my most massive influences on the subject. And in general, you can think of fasting as going for a period of time without something. And in this case, we'll be talking a lot about fasting from food and the incredible health benefits that that has. But in modernity, we also hear a lot about people that are choosing to fast from technology and doing these digital detoxes for periods of time, which we've touched on quite a bit in our other content, to simply take a day without speaking, to take a day without technology, and to nature bathe for that day, and to just relax, and just to see what happens. What incredible intuitive lightning bolts and experiences unfold for you. And there's other things that people are fasting from as well. And so we can think about the word as, again, going for a period of time without something. Fasting. All right. So I'm so pumped for this. Oh my gosh, it's been such a while for me on synthesizing and distilling the core concepts in this field that I just loved so much on both a scientific and a spiritual level. And to be doing this first stream on the subject and to be preparing all of this other downstream content on it is so meaningful to me because it eradicates so many of the perverse incentives and it uplifts so many of the nature driven remedies to maximize our health and well-being and it teaches us how to delay our gratification and there's so much more that we're going to get into here in a bit as you can tell quite passionate about the subject all right therapeutic slash hygienic fasting it's been called the fasting cure instinct the rest cure Fasting is the greatest remedy. Fasting is the most efficient means for correcting any disease. I've been on record saying that fasting is a near panacea. So you'll solve almost any major health issue that you have at the most root level, so not at the symptoms downstream, but upstream at the most root level through fasting. And we'll get to that here more in detail. I love these three words for fasting. Organic house cleaning. It's perfect. Organic house cleaning. How often have you cleaned your house of your body, your temple of your body? How often have you cleaned it? How often have you given the organs and the gastrointestinal tract just a break for one day? 
or are you so addicted to the neurochemical storms that you get from eating food that you can't even undergo that tiny reset process for your body, that organic house cleaning? How to treat the sick without medicine. A fast is to the organs of the body what a night of restful repose is to the tired laborer. Upton Sinclair, the great thing about the fast is that it sets you a new standard of health. Plutarch, instead of using medicine, rather fast a day. To become sovereign enough to gain back your ability to delay your gratification, to discipline yourself enough to reject the neurochemical storms and the short-term gratification of shoving food into your mouth in order to try and heal your body through this organic house cleaning is so profound and so paramount for civilization to have land in their hearts. Wise people falling into any ailment take a bath, go to bed, and fast, leaving nature to do her own work of cure and not hindering her beneficent operations. Fasting is not only a therapeutic agent of the highest degree possible, but also deserves to be taught worldwide. So crucial. Fasting equals physiological rest and rejuvenation. Fasting equals physiological rest and rejuvenation. One, gives the vital organs a complete rest. Two, stops the intake of foods, emptying and rejuvenating the GI tract, gastrointestinal tract. Three, promotes elimination of diseased tissue and cellular components. Four, restores youthful condition and function throughout the body. Five, clears and strengthens the mind. Fitness increases. Literally, your biological fitness increases. Because you're delaying your gratification for this organic house cleaning so that you can eradicate the diseased components from your cells so that you can give your GI tract and organs a break so that you can restore the general youthful condition for the temple that is your body. It's like being in the kitchen and using the appliance in the kitchen nonstop.
like the stove. Imagine just having the stove on all the time. All the time, you're just snacking. Imagine snacking, snacking all day long, every day. It'd be like having the stove on from when you wake up until when you go to sleep every single day. That'd be insane. You're never giving your stove a break. You're never giving your body, your vehicle a break. It needs to be fine-tuned with that physiological rest and rejuvenation. It's really the fine-tuning of it. Just like we fine-tune our airplanes that have hundreds of sensors on them, we should fine-tune our bodies as well with these sensors that give us insight into our stream of biometrics that we can then have incredible artificial intelligence run computations on to maximize our youthful rejuvenative capacities to feel like 18 year olds for much longer periods of time than to be having all of these health ailments at young ages. Fasting is one of the most common phenomena in nature, second only to feeding and reproduction. It is estimated that fasting for the alleviation of human suffering has been practiced uninterruptedly for 10,000 years. We have made a fetish of eating and have developed a ridiculous fear of going without food, even for a day. So true. We have this lineage of millennia of knowing to stop putting fuel into our bodies because we already have so many reserves in fat. And especially when we have an ailment happening in our body that we can more efficiently call upon our immune system, call upon the eradication of those diseased components by simply allowing our organic house cleaning to naturally happen without shoving more and more, especially high SOS salt oil sugar food into our body. Give our body the natural ability to decrease the inflammation. Give our body the natural ability to heal the strained muscles and the strained especially intracellular components, misfolded proteins, dysfunctional mitochondria. We'll get into that in a bit. We've made a complete fetish out of eating three times a day as a culture, complete fetish. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die if I don't eat. It's like, dude, you just ate yesterday and you're whining. You're not starving. Learn how to go a day without food. Discipline yourself. There's a process of neuroadaptation that happens that then enables you to go longer and longer periods of time without needing to eat food, enabling you to do the organic house cleaning. Culture beats the drum of consume, 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 consume nonstop because you're a better, 
component of the economic machinery when you're consuming, 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 consuming. But when you say, nope, I'm not going to consume, and you fast, there's perverse incentives in the economic machinery. We'll talk about those in a bit. Take the path that's not wandered. You have 99% of civilization that's funneling into this this ridiculousness of eating every single day and sometimes even eating three meals a day or snacking throughout the whole day. Walk the path that's not wandered and explore what it's like to be in that 1% or so that's actually been on a three-day fast. And you can start with low numbers like that because those are low numbers and those are quite easy to get to with just a little bit of discipline. And there are so many other benefits that happen. Digestion and assimilation of food are a tax on the vital powers of the organism and increase the work of the stomach, liver, intestines, heart, lungs, kidneys, glands, etc. The more food eaten, the more work these already overworked organs are called upon to perform. Just think about it at a level of basic physiology basic biological processes it would be ridiculous to think that when i put food inside of my body that it's not going to take an amount of biological process and physiology in order for the gastric acids to break down the food and for the stomach to then undergo the further digestive process that then undergoes entering into the small intestine and the large intestine and the absorption of that of the nutrients that process itself is totally taxing on the body It would be ludicrous to think that it doesn't tax the body. And every single one of us experientially knows it too, where we are in flow. And as soon as we eat something that we can literally tell that our body is dedicating processing capacities to the digestive tract of our body, rather than what we were doing in the flow state before. You can feel the reallocation of bodily resources to the digestive tract when you eat something. You can literally feel it, but you have to become sensitive enough to feel it. You have to become subtle enough to feel it. If you've never been quiet enough to even feel your own heartbeat, or to simply be silent enough to where you can hear the digestion happening inside of your body very clearly and the nutrients being moved to the different parts of your body, then you haven't gotten to a level of subtlety and sensitivity yet to where you can actually navigate these oceans of experience that are so fascinating. The sensitivity and the subtlety of being able to navigate this enables a lot more 
downstream fruits as well. It enables you to be more like a Jedi. Across work, across family, across friends, across everything that you do. Sick animals refuse all food. Serious sickness prompts all animals to fast. Dogs, horses, cows, animals fasting 10, 20, 30 plus days during internal injury slash broken bones. Trees even store food in their roots like bears store fat. There's so many recorded examples of animals that when they have these severe injuries that they go on these prolonged fasts and that it enables them to heal more efficiently. Yet the human animal struggles with delaying its gratification. Until suffering, which is the drill sergeant for awakening, comes at such a intense level to where the delayed gratification is forced upon the human animal because it knows that if it takes the instant gratification that it will have so much pain and so much suffering that it won't even be worth it then it begins delaying its gratification suffering is that drill sergeant for awakening and it's crazy because even trees store food in their roots. This was fascinating learning about this because when we think about it during the winter time, especially in areas where it snows, where the tree actually has the process of shedding its leaves, that the tree for those three months or six months or however long it is during the winter, depending on where it is geographically, undergoes a process of hibernation in a sense. And very similarly, like the bear does, it undergoes that process of hibernation. And so we have so much fat, we have so many nutrients located here inside of our bodies that we can draw upon for prolonged periods of fasting. And that's why you'll see, like in the thumbnail, and like in so many of, of the other videos that are on the internet, People have been going on 10, 20, 30-day, 40-day fasts, and they're losing like a pound a day, sometimes even two pounds per day. So people are in a month losing sometimes 30 or 50 pounds just from doing water-only fasting. And this is especially important when people have metabolic syndrome when they have high blood pressure high blood sugar when they're obese because people can just shed weight just like that and become much healthier the first two days of the fast are usually the hardest due one to the persistence of the demand for food and two to the sudden withdrawal of the accustomed stimulation the bodily sensations of fasting are, in many cases, more pleasant than the bodily sensations of feasting. We all know this. This is a very common phenomenon, is that when you sit and eat, 
if you're doing other things while you eat, again, it's the allocation of basic biological processing and physiology that if you're not in the process of meditating or mindful about literally the food, you're going to taste it less. Because if you're trying to do something like watch something or do something while you're eating, you're going to notice that you're tasting your food less and less while you're consuming that other content. So while you eat, be very mindful of meditative. Don't distract yourself with other things. Just pay attention to the taste of the food and how beautiful that is. And then you won't accidentally bite your gums or bite your the inside of your cheek or bite your tongue or have one of those chips or whatever just snap up into your gums because you're much more mindful of how you're eating. And that process is also more beautiful for the actual recognition of when the taste of the food becomes null. So we've experienced this where when you eat about you know, 50% of the portion that you were eating, you recognize that after that 50%, you don't even taste the food as much as you did at the first part. That's your taste buds acclimating. And so it's almost better to either have a variety of different foods so that you can switch between the different dimensions of taste that you have or to take the portion size of that one big meal and just literally chop it in half. And you get these sensations that come from feasting that are like, oh, the first, you know, third or half of the meal, you're like, oh, this is so good. It's so good. And then the second half, you're just like, I barely can even taste this. Uh, I feel like a slob. And now I have this big food baby that's happening that is making me more lethargic and idle and less driven and motivated to achieve the goals that I had intended to do today. Versus when you get the bodily sensations of fasting, once you get over these ghrelin spikes, which we'll talk about, the hunger hormone, you become more and more, especially if you have aches and pains, especially if you're suffering, those aches and pains disappear more and more as you get into a prolonged fast and it begins feeling better and better. A man's foes shall be they of his own household. Ooh. Even missing one meal is often enough to cause a family alarm that results in a near panic. It is wise, therefore, to get away from family and friends when undertaking a fast. 
drop all fear. The fear mongering, especially by family and by ignorance, is so overwhelmingly fearful on the person that is undergoing the process of fasting for a day or two or three that it triggers so many people to not do it because their ignorant family or friends are saying don't do it don't not eat for one day you're going to die it's the most ignorant dumb thing that i've ever heard in my life it's so stupid it's so ignorant just distance yourself from your ignorant family and friends that don't know jack shit about basic biology and basic physiology and basic history of the species and and really basic healthcare 101 fasting is that but it's totally not treated that way and distance yourself from them and undergo your fast and then after the period of three days when you're like wow i feel great i feel like the organic house cleaning took in process i feel like my aches and pains went away i feel like my sensory acuity increased all that type of stuff then let them know and remember that there's so many perverse incentives that we're going to get to here in a moment that are trying to keep people ignorant of fasting because of all of the benefits of it and all of the ways that you will not contribute to the economic machinery as you do a free process of fasting Drop all fear. As Lao Tzu said, fear is the greatest illusion. We're brainwashed and hypnotized by culture for millennia to recognize ourselves as finite rather than be able to expand ourselves to infinity, expand ourselves to eternity, which is our true nature. This is just one expression of the infinite or the eternal. But again, that cultural hypnosis has made it so that people think that they're finite, that this is it. Just this one expression is it. There's, there was nothing before this. There's not going to be anything after this. This is just it. It's the most stupid thinking ever. And that's why even people like Sir Roger Penrose, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2020, has a cyclic cosmological theory. It's becoming more and more mainstream. The Ouroboros, the snake eating its tail. That we are the infinite expressing itself through these realities. 
and we've been doing it and we're going to keep doing it and that's our true nature. Also, if you haven't figured out about this trick yet, especially if you use the computer a lot, this is a great trick. Just take the tennis ball and rub it between your palms. You can also do this and rub it right there for your thumbs especially. From all the computer use, it's crucial. And you can take it and you can also get into your, your trapezoids. get into your lats get into your triceps your forearms it's a massive life hack and then you can also put it under your foot put it under your foot and stand and roll the bottom of your foot on it it feels amazing and that's what's been known by these more indigenous practices are these acupuncture points. Very lost on modernity. Things like the traditional indigenous naturopathy, fasting. A lot of life just boils down to the marshmallow experiment. Walter Michel has been so profoundly influential on modernity because this is the most simple way to understand it. Either you're going to go for the instant gratification on all of these bifurcations in your tree of possibility that exist throughout your day and life. Either you're going to go for that instant gratification of taking the one marshmallow and shoving it down into your throat. Or you're going to delay your gratification. <clears throat> and that's why there's the dis-ease that happens from the instant gratification. Again, just shoving food nonstop into your body. Or sitting there and just scrolling mindlessly on the internet. Versus when you delay your gratification, delay your gratification, you fast for a day, you don't go on social media for a day. Instead, you go out and you bathe in the sun and you stretch in the sun and you read the book that you've been ignoring for months, if not years to actually read with a highlighter and enjoy the process of consuming content that way, which has a completely different effect on the neurophysiology than does a 15 second video where you're actually retaining those core concepts. And so the vast majority of life boils down to having the ease 
from delaying your gratification. Delaying your gratification is going to produce more ease and instant gratification is going to produce more dis-ease. It's really that simple. And delaying gratification is a near panacea. Delay your gratification. Keep delaying your gratification. Keep doing it. Don't open up the pornography and masturbate. Don't eat the second piece of pizza or of chocolate cake. Recognize more and more that when you delay your gratification, that you're going to achieve better and better long-term success and prosperity and happiness and peace and abundance and just anti-fragile, youthful, rejuvenative, moment-to-moment life and longevity. This is another critical part of this. This was Leo Tolstoy who found a fascinating connection between gluttony and idleness. And you can think about this at the geoeconomic level. So you look at the United States and you're like, holy cow, what a powerhouse during the 20th century. Just rose up to the number one position economically and just have so much prosperity and abundance. And then what happens? You have high fructose corn syrup. You have SOS, salt, oil, sugar. You have the information technology overload as well. Unable to parse for signal in all of the noise. And so what you have is you have gluttony. You have more and more of the instant gratification culture where now you can have any of the delivery applications just bring you any saturated salt, oil, sugar foods to your home in the click of a button. And because of that gluttony now, we are becoming idle, lethargic. So we now have, for the last couple of decades in the United States, experienced lethargy and idleness. And that's a big reason why we're not as interested in going to the low-hanging fruits of the orchards of technology and innovation and creativity and art and spirituality and just actualizing all of that potential because instead we have these these food babies, we're in these food comas, we're in these information comas, where it feels like there's that, that lump of damp sawdust that is just chilling inside of our GI tract, or where we just have absolutely no cognitive drive whatsoever to go and achieve those low-hanging fruit that then maximize the growth of the economic pie in the United States. So you can even take this to a geoeconomic level as well. So the more that a country becomes wise, the more that it recognizes to not overindulge in instant gratification and gluttony 
and instead to delay its gratification and continue the achievement of the low-hanging fruits in the orchards that then continue growing the pie. That's why when you look at the Ray Dalio projection for the United States, you see it on its downward portion of the parabola. And that the rise of the decentralization technologies and cryptocurrencies and the benevolent distribution of the fruits of artificial general intelligence and other emerging markets like entheogens and cannabis and hemp, psychedelics, is going to be really important for us to be able to rise from that back upwards in a growing pie. But we need to be wise and recognize that geoeconomically, that instant gratification is our biggest cancer. Geopolitically, instant gratification is our biggest cancer. Delay your gratification more and more. And you'll recognize that the pie will increase more and more for everybody. A full stomach does not like to think. Our national drug addictions and our almost universal overeating tend to reduce mental abilities. Mental clarity to execute diminishes. Excess is fatal to healthy action. And I'm going to bring this up again later, but that's why one of the three most profound Delphic maxims from Greece from 2000 plus years ago are nothing in excess along with know thyself and surety brings ruin, nothing in excess. And gluttony is everything in excess. Gluttony is give me more of that salt, oil, and sugar, more and more of that. Give me more and more of the information technology stimulation of completely vapid, meaningless, noise-filled content. Saturation, more and more saturation, more and more like a zombie. Scrolling, more and more like a zombie, eating without even tasting. Reset. Do the organic house cleaning. Move more and more on the bifurcations towards the delayed gratification. All right. On a perspective of industrialization, we are addicted to salt, oil, sugar, SOS. Because of the neurochemical storms. The neurochemical storms, dopamine, serotonin, we adore the pleasure of instant gratification. We've become a slave to it. And that makes us sedated. Makes us sedated, it makes us sedentary, it makes us lazy, lethargic, it drives more pathology, disease in our bodies. And so we withdraw ourselves from this accustomed stimulation and move towards the delayed gratification where we deprive ourselves of that instant gratification of the neurochemical storms of dopamine serotonin these other neuromodulators 
and the accustomed stimulation has become so embedded within the social fabric we don't even recognize what we're talking about we're talking about coffee tea chocolate cacao alcohol tobacco cannabis meat pepper spices salt oil sugar etc as though we are such a zombie that we don't even recognize our overindulgence in these accustomed stimulants anymore. Fast from these stimulants for a day. Also, talking is a stimulant. Zip. Silence for one day. Technology is a stimulant. Close it. For one day. Go out in the sun. Stretch your body. Sunbathe. Read a book. Go and be playful and joyful and childlike with your friends. If you want to, be silent with them as well. Bring some bubbles to the park. Bring a little frisbee. Move your body. Sitting there and going like this, like a zombie, which we've all fallen into the trap of, brings so little value and meaning compared to the delayed gratification, compared to the organic house cleaning. We now have more obese humans than starving on the planet. It's fucking crazy. Somewhere over a billion or so. And now there's less than a billion starving across the planet. It's crazy. Multinational corporations and lifelong prescriptions, perverse incentives, versus holistic biology. It's like the unconditional love of mom, of that holistic mother nature, versus the extractive incentives of the multinational corporations and big pharma that treat you just like a slave to their salt, oil, sugar, to their pharmaceutical lifelong prescriptions. Because you're worth more to them as a slave than you are as an enlightened being that recognizes those perverse incentives and that doesn't fall to the manipulation. And eventually we'll architect the social fabric and incentives to make the enlightened being prioritized. So there's no perverse incentives that exist like that. So that it feels like the unconditional love is everywhere on an, on an enlightened civilizational level. An awakened and prosperous civilization. 
Go look at the video footage from 1900 to 1950 when everyone was super thin. There are more and more of these channels popping up on the internet where you can see these videos that were taken from a hundred years ago and that they have done a process of using artificial intelligence to upscale these videos. And you can see in these videos where people are still using horses on the streets, cars are just emerging, and people are skinny. Th fatness is not a thing. Obesity is not a thing. Everyone is just ridiculously skinny. You look at it, geoeconomic gluttony. Geoeconomic gluttony creating all of the idleness and all of the pathology from just the obsession with instant gratification. Spirituality knew about nature therapy. Then science began showing the decrease in cortisol levels. Spirituality knows about fasting. Now science is catching up and showing the health benefits. It's ridiculous. You look at what spirituality has been promulgating for thousands of years, which is to just go out in nature, bathe. And then you have the scientific skepticism that's like, oh, there's no evidence that that's actually helpful. And then it's so stupid because you can literally have the feeling at a physiological level of how good it feels for that day to go nature bathe compared to just shoving salt oil sugar down your throat and just being sedentary all day. And then finally, science is like, okay, sure, there's a decrease in cortisol levels, the stress hormone when you go out in nature bathe. It's like no shit. And same thing today with fasting. Spirituality for millennia, thousands of years, has been promulgating the idea of fasting, being super critical and important, delaying your gratification. And you have all of this BS online from the scientific skeptic community about, oh, well, we're not quite sure yet about fasting. It's like, no, we're fucking sure, and we've been sure for millennia. You're not going to die from not eating for a day. You're not going to have adverse reactions from not eating for a day. The incentives of the economic machinery are perverse. But it's good because now science is rising up to the challenge and is proving things at even the intracellular level with things like autophagy, which we'll get into, of the self-eating of the diseased components, and other things like measuring ketosis and beta-hydroxybutyrate. And there's a lot of other really great scientific components that are being analyzed now, which are fantastic. The decreases in the metabolic syndrome and thank goodness for places like True North, and Alan Goldhammer and the whole team there for continuing the process over decades. Even though the 
it's a very much like the gated institutional narrative. Like Eric Weinstein says, you have the disc, this distributed idea suppression complex that absolutely refuses to allow fasting to rise up in the mainstream media narrative. But it's good. Science and spirituality are synthesizing and ascending together now, which is exciting. The world in many ways is made to make us fat, sick, and miserable. USA has 5% of the world's population and 80% of opiate use. 95% of attention deficit drug use. Again, such perverse incentives. You don't need that pharmaceutical nonsense. You need discipline and you need natural remedies and delayed gratification and incentives to habituate yourself to delaying gratification. And there are so many other incredible remedies on the level of nature with cannabinoids and with entheogens that exist that just take a complete, just slap opiates out of the picture. But you have, again, the perverse incentives of things like Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family and what happened with the opiate epidemic. And it's just going to continue to be nonsense until the incentives are fixed at the level of the social fabric where capitalism does not produce these externalities that then go downstream to destroy families and to destroy the long-term potential due to the instant gratification of a select few cancerous cells that don't know any better because they're just self-dealing and in this analogy the cancerous cells are like the Sackler family self-dealing Purdue Pharma self-dealing and so that's what capitalism 2.0 is the hyper incentivization of creativity but also the hyper socialization of making the social fabric more robust more anti-fragile meeting the basic needs of more people worldwide and constantly fueling that process inclusive stakeholding and perverse incentives Again, fasting is completely free, $0 spent and money saved, time saved from shopping, buying food, storing it, cooking it, eating, cleaning, digestion, saving somewhere between one to three hours per day. If you're eating three quick meals, you might save an hour, but if you're really taking your time with food every single day, you're saving three hours that day. The medical and food industrial complex, doctors, pharma, multinational food companies, the economy doesn't want you to know about fasting. You're worth more to the economy buying food, visiting doctors, taking pharma than fasting. The new economic markers have to be prioritized for well-being, prosperity, and inclusive equity. 
We talk about this a lot on our show, thanks to especially June Yoon passing along inclusive stakeholding, the idea that the doctor should have an inclusive stake in the patient's life outcome rather than have an inclusive stake in the pharmaceutical company. Doesn't that sound stupid? The doctor having a stake in the pharmaceutical company is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because there's going to be perverse incentives for them to prescribe the pharmaceuticals to the patient when they're not even needed. Now, if the doctor on the smart contract leveraging great technologies like Ethereum has a token invested interest in their patient's life outcome, then the doctor is going to recognize that actually I should be prescribing more naturopathy for my patient and less pharmaceuticals and less perverse incentives. So the incentives have to be aligned. There has to be goal congruence between the doctor and the patient or between the teacher and the student or between the government and its citizens at a deeper level so that you don't have this kleptocracy that is siphoning away the well-being and prosperity of the masses of a country for just the benefit of a select few again all that goal congruence can be built into the social contract into the social fabric itself especially given the smart contracts and tokenomics that are blossoming in the decentralization and cryptocurrency infrastructures and mechanism design that's being promulgated today. So really invest hard into that space for inclusive stakeholding and equity. There's all these different types. You have intermittent fasting where you have the short daily feeding windows. Example from 12 to 8 p.m. So that's usually called 16 off, 8 on. So 16 hours of the day you're not eating. And then 8 hours of the day you're eating. Something like that. And this is typically done from, you know, the window of about noon to 8 p.m. People usually skipping breakfast and they only have their first little lunch salad sandwich whatever around noon and then maybe they wait until six o'clock and they have dinner until 7 30 or whatever and so the idea of being able to restrict yourself to not eat a 1 a.m snack or to not eat right when you get up at 8 a.m to at least have that discipline is a great first step to restrict your feeding window. And science is proving that intermittent fasting is fantastic, of course, because you can't just keep shoving food into your body all day long. You're not made for that. I'm not made for all of this gluttony and instant gratification. And then there's OMAD, which is one meal a day. So this is usually people that fast all the way up until 6 o'clock or 7 or 8 o'clock p.m. And then they have their one meal. And it's really important to not overeat at that meal. For example, I do a lot of OMAD. And when I get to that 6, 7, 8 o'clock meal, I have to be very aware and not doing other activities while I eat because then I only eat maybe 60 or 70 percent capacity which is great you want to eat 
like Harahachi Boo, you want to eat until you're about 80% full, which we'll get to that in a bit as well. And to have that conscious eating process where you're not distracted, it really helps you. And to space it out over maybe an hour or something like that also helps a lot in the process. And there's alternate day fasting, eating every other day. There's extended fasting when you undergo a 3, 5, 7, 10, 20 day fast. There's OMA, one meal a week, which was fascinating. I, I did that as well recently and it was pretty cool. And it was really beneficial for some of my back problems, which I'll explain more in detail in a bit. And it's interesting to explore all of the different microbiomes and body types and the way that things like OMAD and OMA and extended fasting and intermittent fasting affect people because people do have different and unique microbiomes and just biological compositions in general. So that's why there's usually not a specific panacea like everybody should eat spinach or everybody should eat blueberries or whatever. And fasting might be the closest thing we have to a panacea that works for everybody or nearly everybody for nearly all reasons as well for health ailments. Hunger makes people healthy. And the Hawthorne effect as well, observation and accountability. So when you have the observer or somebody holding you accountable, you're much more likely to not overeat, to overindulge. When you're at the event, you're much more likely to maybe only eat one cookie rather than if you're at home with a pack of cookies, you'll probably eat five of them because there's nobody observing you and nobody to hold you accountable. Ketosis, critical part of this. So what happens when you fast is you begin burning fat instead of glucose. You deplete your glycogen stores in about 24 hours and you enter into ketosis. And you have to get over things like ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So ghrelin secretes every couple hours for a short time window. And you have to neuroadapt to get beyond those ghrelin spikes where you feel in the in the stomach the grrr, where it's you're being driven to do the short-term gratification and eat but to neuroadapt to be able to get over those windows where it spikes and continue extending your ketosis and fast you'll get even more exciting bodily sensations that occur from the fast rather than feast. So again, your liver is burning the fat for energy, undergoing gluconeogenesis, undergoing cell autophagy. 
The largest draft upon the body stores during a fast is made upon the fat. There's a higher concentration of ATP, adenosine triphosphate, molecular energy from the burning of fat rather than the burning of glucose. Ketogenic dieting has become very popular. Again, it's a very high fat and low carb diet. Higher beta hydroxybutyrate, BHB, blood ketones. This improves memory and avoids obesity in mice. BHB is synthesized in the liver via the metabolism of fatty acids. BHB is the most abundant of the three ketone bodies created by the liver, accounting 78% of ketones. BHB inhibits HCA2, GPCR, the G-protein couple receptor for lipolysis, atherosclerosis, inducing vasodilation, and mediates niacin-induced flushing. BHB also increases brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, promoting nerve growth. BHB improves your body's accessibility to genes. Therefore, your cell's ability to synthesize proteins stays strong. Improvements in metabolic health, longevity, resistance to oxidative stress. For the brain, BHB causes reduction in free radicals, decreases neuroinflammation, and improves cognition in patients with dementia. So many benefits. Fasting favorably alters the gut microbiome. Organs shrink down during fasting and then regrow after feeding. Fasting stresses healthy cells, so they increase their stress response pathways, including heat shock proteins, antioxidant production, and anti-inflammation abilities. Ketogenic diet improves symptoms in people with autoimmune disease. Again, ketosis and ketogenic dieting are becoming more and more popular in mainstream culture because the science is finally catching up to the spirituality around fasting. And that's why the Chinese have bigu, which means grain avoidance, which we'll get to later as well, where you have to understand that the whole grain brain phenomenon is really recent, about 10,000 or so years of evolution. And for the overwhelming ingestion of carbohydrates and also the recognition that A more caveman style diet, a more high fat style diet, because you can also get that from your avocados and nuts and so many other things, but that is in many ways more true to our evolutionary nature, but it is also important to recognize that each microbiome is different that there are going to be people that are more able to eat cheese like the italians you know and there's going to be other people that are less likely to be able to eat cheese like the okinawans and their ability to have higher mercury levels 
from fish may be higher. And that's why the study of the blue zones is really important, which we'll talk about later as well. And also the uniqueness of every single one of our blueprints of our microbiome. It's like a fingerprint for each of us inside as well at the level of the microbiome and just the biological composition and what foods are most optimal for our moment to moment living and longevity. More critical science here. The biomarkers of exercise are similar with the biomarkers of fasting. So both exercise and fasting reverse the consequences of dietary excess. Rats with exercise wheels don't get neurodegeneration. BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, goes up with fasting like it does with exercise and intellectual stimulation. BDNF encourages the survival of neurons, growth and differentiation of new neurons and synapses, neurogenesis, learning, memory, and higher thinking. So BDNF is a critical part of this as well, just like BHB is. And you're going to have those two be massive key insights in the further scientific discovery of the benefits of fasting. And this is huge with the longevity movement as well. There is a huge market for healthy people to stay healthy. Fasting makes aches and pains disappear. The body is able to heal itself by day four or day five. And for many people, it ends up being the first time in 10 years, the pain in their lower back goes away. And for example, for me, I've went on these five-day fasts that have healed my near paralysis back pain. So both in the summer of 2020, I had near paralysis back pain and I fasted for five days and I felt incredible, water only. And same thing here recently in January as well, that in 2021, that I had this near paralysis back pain again and I fasted for five days, water only, and boom, my pain was like a eight out of 10. It was horrible back pain, barely able to walk. And that dropped by day five to like two out of 10 back pain from just the water only fasting. And you'll have so many people that don't know about the benefits of fasting. They don't know. And so what they do is they continue eating three meals a day of high salt oil sugar. They don't go out and to sunbathe in nature therapy. They don't exercise or move their bodies, just keep laying down. And they wonder why the disease continues. Stop putting food in your body. You have plenty of fat to burn for energy. You'll live. And you'll give your body that reset to tackle all of that inflammation and disease naturally. Do the organic house cleaning. And also go and see on day one or day two of the fast, go and see a chiropractor. Go and see a masseuse for an hour. Take good care of the vehicle. And what you'll recognize is, is that after you get that adjustment to that massage, that go to bed that night also not eating and by that second or third day of fasting you're really going to feel a lot better it's critical 
That's why we're so passionate about this because we know that much of your suffering can be tackled by the simple delayed gratification to fasting. So learn how to shut up for 10 straight days. We talk about that a lot on the show. The ability to sit silently at meditation retreats like Vipassana, which I've done four times and I've absolutely adored, where there's no talking, there's no technology, there's no eye contact for 10 straight days. And if you learn how to even just shut up for one day, let alone 10, and just not talk, you'll notice a lot of profound things happen. A lot of beautiful, intuitive insights happen. Also, no technology as well. Refrain. And same thing, learn how to fast for 10 straight days. So I have yet to do a 10 straight day fast. I'm planning on it and I'm really excited for it. And I've done many five-day fasts and I've done many three-day fasts and they're awesome and I adore them. And it'll be exciting to see what happens on the 10-day and also just in general to popularize just not putting food into the body for those prolonged periods of time and seeing how the delayed gratification feels. True North should be available in every city. This is critical. Right now it's in the North Bay, I believe in Santa Rosa, up in California, in NorCal. And True North should be available in LA and New York and Chicago, Miami, Seattle, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Boston, Philadelphia, DC. It should be available everywhere across the world as well. London, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Berlin, Johannesburg, Cairo, Rio de Janeiro. And the reason why is because there's so many people that don't know about the benefits of the 10-day fast and to be able to do that in the state of also having medical supervision makes people feel more comfortable that there's somebody there that's taking their vitals as they're undergoing the process, that there's another level of accountability there as well with the Hawthorne effect, with the observer as well, which is great. And to drive down the price of True North as well, to make it as zero barrier of entry to people as possible. So you have this increase of sensory acuity during fasting as well. The acuity of the senses is increased by fasting. After 31-day abstinence from food, Levanzin could see twice as far as he did at the beginning of the fast, which is nuts. Sense of taste is more acute and discriminating following the fast than before the fast. It's a reset of your taste buds. It actually feels holy after not eating for five days to put the first bite of food in your mouth it feels holy it feels divine because you've reset the neurochemical storms there's an astonishing mental clarity of prisoners in starvation the fasting person sometimes sleeps no more than three to four hours a day that definitely has happened to me in my prolonged fast where i'm just waking up after four hours not even sleepy anymore and i'm just like cool let's get to the day that was efficient. Fasting took off in Silicon Valley because of a competitive advantage for cognitive edge. 
which is fascinating. So literally increasing your biological fitness to the degree of which fasting makes you more productive and efficient at those orchards of low-hanging fruit. And then your biological fitness increases as well as you gain more of those fruits and share them with the civilization and procure better mates and all of that and friends and success in general. Athletes training in the fasted state, growth hormone is high for athletes after fasting 24 hours, then working out. And that's why the vast majority of people, when they have a really important performance, whether it's athletic or musical, or if they're doing a presentation, or if they're doing a test, that they will not eat. So right now, I'm like 16 or more hours fasted, maybe even approaching 20 hours of being fasted right now. And because of that, I'm much more performing at a higher level than if I also was in the process of digesting food that I had just eaten two hours ago. Mm, love this. Autophagy, self-eating. This is probably another one of the most critical, along with BHB and BDNF, is autophagy scientifically is so critical. This is your body's molecular dejunking mechanism, intracellular digestion. Stem cells reactivate and make new cells. There's programmed cell death, apoptosis of your old cell, senolysis. Kill cancer cells that depend heavily on glucose, Warburg effect. Cancer cells are more vulnerable in the fasting state. 21-day water-only fast removed stage 3 lymphoma cancer at True North. Fasting is a scientific method of ridding the system of diseased tissue and morbid matter. Tissues are lost in the inverse order of their usefulness. Fat and morbid tissue go first. Autophagy also plays a housekeeping role in removing misfolded or aggregated proteins, clearing damaged organelles such as mitochondria. All animals, when forced to go without food, produce some of the most marvelous phenomena in the whole realm of biology. No more profound change in metabolism is possible than that produced by fasting. Most humans can understand eating to get strong, but it takes a long time to educate them to stop eating eating to get strong. Autophagy is so mind-blowing. You already have the organic house cleaning capacities that are built into your metabolic pathways that occur during fasting. But we have to unsubscribe from the cultural dogma of eating three times a day and recognizing to become strong, sometimes we actually have to not eat for days at a time. I love this benefit as well. Vasodilation. Fasting decreases blood pressure, non-pharmacologically induced. Even light exercise or fasting vasodilate. This is increasing blood flow 
to body tissues that need it most, oxygenation, healing. Vasoactivity example is like your vasoconstriction when fingers are exposed to cold to retain heat. So that's why you have your extremities, your fingers, your toes that get really cold is because you have a vasoconstriction process that's happening that is then keeping the warmth in the central organs of the body. And so you have fasting that creates this vasodilation, this opening up that then decreases the blood pressure that then allows the blood flow to heal the portions of your body, to oxygenate those portions of your body that need it most, that then enable the process of the autophagy to actually happen for the BDNF to actually happen. And so we need to recognize that the vasodilation, especially for blood pressure and metabolic syndrome, is going to be really critical here because so many of the perverse pharmaceutical incentives are that we will give you a pill that's going to cause vasodilation. No, no, no. Delay your gratification. Delay your gratification, stop eating for a couple of days and you will notice you're going to drop five pounds, you're going to feel fantastic, but you have to get over the dogma and you have to get over the instant gratification. Another critical one, addictions. Two to four days into fasting, smokers don't feel like smoking. And it's another great proven value of fasting and alcoholism as well. It's so fascinating how fasting is even more successful at tackling addictions, just like entheogens are really successful at tackling addictions, than any of the other perverse incentives and dogmas that have been peddled for the last couple of decades, just treating the symptoms instead of treating the root cause. Every major spirituality has a fasting tradition. Jesus fasted 40 days. Pythagoras had students fast 40 days before entry to his school. Plato and Aristotle frequently fasted 10 days, communing with the infinite. This is what happens, that you're on your third day of fasting and you're just laying down in the sun and you're recognizing more and more your delayed gratification. You're recognizing how spiritually pleasing that is. You're recognizing your monkey mind is wandering less, that you're relaxing back into just being aware of being aware. And that's what God realization is. So you become more spiritually in tune with the infinite as well. And not just being a contracted egoic identity in the finite. And so beautiful. That's why it's been used spiritually by all of the traditions across the planet. Why do we call it the perennial wisdoms of these mystic traditions? Because they knew for millennia and modernity is so polluted with instant gratification and noise, it can't parse and find the signal. And that's what we do with this show is we help communicate the signal. When you break the fast, 
The care that must be exercised in breaking a fast is in proportion to the length of the fast and to the general condition of the fasting individual. The approved plan is to break the fast on liquid food using for this purpose fruit juice or tomato juice or watermelon juice or vegetable broths. Fruit juice, usually orange juice, is used most often. And the gain in weight after a fast is usually very rapid. So when you're breaking your fast, that's why it's called break fast breakfast in the morning. When you break your fast and you do it after two days, three days, five days, 10 days, these prolonged fasts, make sure your refeeding is very sensitive, very subtle, very gentle. We have an evolutionary mismatch in modernity. The pressure cooker is so strong to awaken in modernity from the perverse incentives. The dopaminergics of information foraging as well as salt oil sugar. We have stone age brains, medieval institutions and godlike technology. We went from 1 billion humans to 8 billion humans. We went from rural to metropolises with this big gold rush for the economy. We went from low salt oil sugar to now everything is high fructose corn syrup and oils and salts. We went from having no information technology to now 200 times a day checking our phones. This is a big evolutionary mismatch in modernity and it's fascinating to watch. That's why there's so many people that are going on fasts, not only from food, but fasts from technology as well. Because they want to regain their sovereignty. They want to regain their ability as a supreme authority that's able to have self-discipline. That's not a slave to the salt, oil, and sugar into social media. Here's another way to look at it. Gut microbes are 3 billion years old, whereas agriculture is 10,000 years old. That's why you have Indian Ayurvedic medicine, which is 2,000 plus years old, where the teaching is your stomach being about a third liquid and having a third food. So you have your third drinking some water, filling it up. Then you have a third of it as food and then keeping a third of it as empty. These wisdoms from the perennial traditions. The first 50% of food actually tastes the best anyway because your taste receptors acclimate. You're training your stomach stretch receptors to feel satiety. You have to feel satiated. And we mentioned this earlier. Again, it's very perennial across the traditions. Bigu means grain avoidance. It's a common medical cure in China. You fast to gain a glimpse into immortality. Harahachibu. Confucian in Japanese, you eat until you're 80% full. Eight parts of a full stomach sustain the man, and the other two sustain the doctor. 
So stop eating until you're a hundred plus percent full. Eat until you're like 75% full. Delay your gratification. Blue zones. Love blue zones. Blue zones are pockets of the world that have these highest percentage of centenarians, people that live until they're over 100 years old, and the analysis of what their most common traits and habits are. And so in Okinawa in Japan, the elders there, they have a BMI of about 18 to 22. Whereas the USA elders over 60, they have a BMI of 26 to 27. So we're fucking up our healthcare system and costs. And Okinawa has the world's highest proportion of centenarians, about 50 per 100,000. So 0.05%. And there's your BMI chart down there where you have the normal range for Okinawans, whereas the USA elders are in the overweight class. Reduce caloric intake 30% and live 30% longer, but it's also, of course, important which calories you're intaking. Man lives on 25% of what he eats. The doctor lives on the other 75%. Again, these little aphorisms and little wisdoms for you to take away and recognizing that, well, maybe I should eat just a smaller portion of what I was even planning to eat instead of having the whole massive steak and potatoes and vegetables and all of that maybe i'll eat a third of all of that now and then i'll save the other third of it for tomorrow and then maybe i'll share that the last third with somebody else that comes over tomorrow for lunch or dinner and to practice that process because it's going to take time to adjust, to neuroadapt to that. And many people know this too also with sweets, is that the more that you neuroadapt to eating sweets, the more you're going to crave them. And the more that you stay abstinent from eating sweets, the more your sweet tooth decreases as well. And this is a really important parable, the parable of the rich fool, Luke 12, 13, where the biblical story is about wealthy that have these abundant harvests and that don't know what to do with all the excess and they build larger and larger storage structures to be able to handle it and to just eat, drink, and be merry rather than recognizing that actually with the excess, it's important for us to funnel that to meeting the basic needs of other people worldwide and then having that grow the pie for everybody. And it's a hilarious feature of our realities where food is one of the greatest indulgences, but restricting food prolongs your life. It's fascinating. It's like both food is incredible and we adore it, And we want to eat it three times a day, but fasting for three days actually extends your life. So this is called the pleasure trap. SOS, 
triggers a dopamine cascade, makes food taste better, addicts us, and systematically makes us overeat. Food and sex are the two highest reward functions. That's nuts. And that's why it's so neurochemically addicting. Sick care pleasure trap pandemic. Two-thirds of people in industrialized society are overweight slash obese. Hypertension slash high blood pressure affects 50 million in USA and 1 billion worldwide. And it's called the end-of-life conveyor belt, where there's the economic perverse incentive to keep people in the revolving door of the healthcare industrial complex rather than get them out through these fasting techniques and through naturopathy. Metabolic syndrome. This is obesity, high blood pressure, and high blood sugar. Triggers cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes. 25% of U.S. adults have it. We have to undo our excess. Dietary excess is responsive to fasting. Again, nothing in excess. The Delphic Maxim. Here are all the things to un that undo from fasting, obesity, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, metabolic syndrome, cancers. And these are all the things that fasting can also accomplish, the removing of these tumors and cancers, healing anemia, healing lung disease, healing tuberculosis, healing diseased gums, rejuvenating skin, decreasing oxidative and inflammatory stress and disease. Instead of the heart growing weak during a fast, it grows stronger every hour as the load it has been carrying is lessened. High blood pressure is invariably lowered, and this removes a heavy load from the heart. Beautiful. Fasting provides a rest for the stomach, thus giving it an opportunity to repair itself. Digestion is improved. The stomach shrinks to its normal size. Ulcers heal. Inflammation subsides. Gastric catarrh is eliminated, and the appetite becomes normal. The stomach, intestines, and colon are given a complete rest by the fast and are enabled to repair damaged structures. He that takes medicine and neglects diet wastes the skill of the physician. Let thy fast be thy medicine. Again, he that takes the medicine and neglects the diet wastes the skill of the physician. Let thy fast be thy medicine. The results are crazy. People lose a pound per day or more from fasting. 80% of type 2 diabetes can achieve normalization without medication, with just fasting. A massive detoxification happens where we free the body of its accumulated toxins. Fasting rapidly drains toxins. When you break down a fat biopsy, you see these hundreds of chemicals, things like PCB, dioxin, pesticide residues, mercury. BPA is an endocrine disruptor and catalyzes a whole suite of other issues. And when we pour boiling water into plastic lined cups, it increases the BSA BPA seeping by 55 times. So BPA linings on single-use coffee cup industry could be causing a suite of downstream health problems. 
the mainstream media, MSM, not one word about fasting, corrupt as fuck. For alcoholics, you need to come up with a strategy to not drink and you'll win. But for obesity, we'll just decrease your portion sizes. Facepalm. Obviously, you have to fast. Just like people fast from alcohol or they fast from their addictions, they also have to fast from their addiction of food. And Big Pharma wants to mimic fasting in a pill so you can keep pummeling salt, oil, sugar, and then just taking a pill. This is an analogy that came to me as well. It's really interesting. The human dodo bird analogy because the dodo bird became the inability to fly and because of how large it became. And similarly, with humans consuming high fructose corn syrup and also having the information technology foraging addictions and no North Star feedback loops, so not in pursuit of a noble transcendent aim, it makes the human dodo bird go extinct in one century. So people like here pictured become hyperglycemic so have an excess of sugar in their blood and hypofrontal, so they don't have enough prefrontal cortex executive functioning and delayed gratification. And now we're gonna also talk about heliohygienics, which means sunbathing, and we're also gonna talk about air bathing as well, because these are two critical components to nat naturopathy that must be coupled with fasting, and that also just must be added into the daily life on a preferably, on a 30 minutes every day, just bathing in the sun and the air, which I'll, I'm about to do right after the stream, because the sun just came out and she looks so beautiful. So sunlight exercises upon certain organisms a vitalizing influence which science has not yet quite explained. Life is a sunchild. Akhenaten of Egypt, Zoroaster of Persia, Hippocrates of Greece, each elevated the sun to the dignity of a god and a force. Pliny said that sol est remordium maximum. So the sun is the best remedy. Man was originally a nude animal. At one time or another, the whole human race has worshipped the sun as God. The sun feeds the muscles, the best food and medicine in the world. Sunlight contains, in addition to the color rays, a number of other rays, the vibrations of which are not perceptible to our ocular sense and are therefore invisible. The invisible rays of the sun seem to be the most beneficial to our bodies. Photosynthesis is the manufacture of carbohydrates out of carbon dioxide and water in the chlorophyll-containing parts of plants exposed to sunlight. Cancer is less prevalent in the sunny regions of the earth. The more a man lives in sunlight, other things being equal, the more vigorous will his brain be. Under sun influence, breathing becomes deeper and slower, sleep sounder, blood pressure is diminished, and urinary excretion is increased. Ulcers, sores, skin diseases, etc. heal more rapidly under its influence. The skin itself is rejuvenated by such bathing. Sunshine aids in building good teeth. Sunshine is an essential catalytic agent in both plant and animal life. 
it's so essential as a catalytic agent. We are sun children. We need to respect sunbathing more. Sun baths before and after childbirth increase the mother's ability to nurse her baby and improve the quality of the milk. Sun is an important aid in building and maintaining health, and we should not wait until we become sick to make use of it. Every home should have a solarium. Sunlight benefits the ailing human body in the same manner that it influences impoverished plant life. In both cases, it increases the oxygen-carrying matter, hemoglobin or chlorophyll. Every woman is very careful to put her pot plants out into the sun. Why not her children also? If man were always to go entirely naked, the bones would be less liable to disease and distortion. Normal, unprotected skin can endure 50 minutes of sunbathing without burn. Newspapers, media, tend to emphasize the dangers of sunbathing on one hand while emphasizing the virtues of suntan lotions on the other. Perverse Incentives Sunbathing is entirely different from the popular practice of enjoying the fresh air. The bath is taken with all of the clothing removed. Care must be taken to not burn the body. Too little rather than too much should be the rule. Blondes and red-haired people must be more careful than brunettes and members of the dark races. Sunshine stimulates the growth of hair. It is a well-known fact that sunshine accelerates the growth of hair and more exposure of the head to its influence might easily reduce the number of bald-headed people by preventing baldness. Begin the sun bath by exposing the entire body 6 to 10 minutes a day and gradually increase the length of time of exposure until half an hour to an hour or more, even to 3 and 4 hours are consumed. The best and healthiest rule in the sun bath is constant movement, rest in the shade. Animals seek the sunlight but avoid its heat. This is to say they prefer to be in the sun during the cool portions of the day and seek the shade when it grows hot. Little boxes in high rises have very little place for fresh air, sunbathing, green grass, flowers, and animals. So now we'll talk about the air bath, and this is called the atmospheric cure, where you get the sun bath, you get the light bath, you get the air bath. Naturopathy should no longer be called pseudoscience. Nature bathing is scientifically proven to decrease cortisol levels. Naturism slash nudism is also critical. Ancient Greeks viewed nakedness as the natural state. Abrahamic religions viewed it as shameful. And this is also likely where clothing originated from that idea of shame and also from the need to block out the sun and to stay warm about 100,000 years ago as we became self-aware, aware of our awareness. Baths of water are good, baths of air are better, and baths of sunlight are best. Benjamin Franklin was in the habit of taking air baths each morning in his room. Franklin particularly desired to divest himself of all clothing when doing mental work. Air playing over the body may increase metabolism 50% in 10 minutes. 
which you totally feel when you go outside and you just begin spinning around and dancing and just feeling that air bath happening in the sun bath you totally feel like your entire organism's metabolism has increased you feel fantastic physiologically As soon as people realize that sun and air baths are more important than water baths, all of our cities will have public sun parks where the people may go and take their sun and air baths. It is a good thing to train oneself to resist an exaggerated dread of cold. No time is more convenient for the air bath than immediately upon arising in the morning while one goes through his or her daily exercises. So that's the end. I definitely wanted to touch on sunbathing and air bathing, which are critical components to naturopathy in general, and just getting into the process of just going out and just bathing in the sun for at least five or 10 minutes and just stretching and having the air bath as well and just treating that as something to do every couple of hours every single day because that's actually what makes us feel a lot better. Being here sedentary and using these devices, it is not as pleasing to do for several hours at a time as it is to take a break after just an hour or two and go and take 10-15 minutes to stretch and to exercise and to sunbathe and air bathe and then to come back for the hour or two to complete what you were doing. And it just makes us feel so much better and... I'm really happy we were able to cover those two topics along with all of the perverse incentives that exist and how to upgrade to the next generation of incentives, how to heal the all of these diseases, uh, the metabolic syndrome, and how we actually have our understanding of the pleasure trap and how to avoid the instant gratification, to avoid the evolutionary mismatch of modernity, to delay our gratification, to understand why spirituality has been pointing at this for the longest time, to understand it at a scientific level with vasodilation, with autophagy, with the sensory acuity increasing, with the longevity movement, with BDNF, with BHB, with ketosis, with ghrelin, with all the different styles of fasting that exist, to transition to the inclusive stakeholding, understanding how we got here, the marshmallow experiment, delaying our gratification, how gluttony relates to idleness and geoeconomics, dropping off fear, understanding how animals have been doing this, understanding how we've been doing this for so long, all of the physiological rest and rejuvenation benefits of fasting. Again, giving the organs a complete rest, stopping the intake of foods, emptying and rejuvenating the GI tract, promoting elimination of diseased tissue and cellular components, restoring useful condition and function throughout the body, and clearing and strengthening the mind and increasing our fitness. Organic house cleaning, adore those three words. Remember those three words with fasting, organic house cleaning and therapeutic hygienic fasting, and the two that I would recommend investigating, Herbert Shelton and all of his synthetic literature on fasting and all of his distillations, and Alan Goldhammer and True North as well. He has a lot of great content online. I'm super happy we were able to do this 
Synthesis and distillation on fasting, it's one of the most important concepts that synthesizes science and spirituality and that maximizes our well-being and prosperity and that drives that self-discipline towards the delayed gratification, which we have to popularize and mainstream. So we'll be making a lot more content around this as well, especially as we develop out these larger scale documentaries that really dive into these nuances and even better stories with even better animations, with even better ability to land the concept of fasting in your heart and trigger more people around the world to awaken away from the perverse incentives and towards the delayed gratification and towards the water only fast which maximizes so much of our prosperity and well-being that's all folks i adore you thank you so much for tuning in infinite love and if it brought you value, like the video, subscribe if you haven't, share the video with people that you know this would make a profound influence on. And if you want more badass content like this and beyond, we have a lot of epic plans here in LA. You can click the join button below and join the members only community and help fuel the actualization of these endeavors and get great perks along the way as well. And do it. Discipline yourself. Delay your gratification. And just bathe in the incredible long-term health benefits that this gives you. And get out into the sun and air bathing as well. Naturopathy and the indigenous wisdoms and these perennial wisdoms across the spiritual traditions, they have so much insight that has been lost in the noise of modernity. So to go back and fetch that and to embed that in our future is really critical. So again, infinite love. Thank you so much. And this is only the beginning of incredible syntheses and distillations of these most profound concepts that we'll be leveraging to awaken and enlighten civilization to the future more abundant protocols and infrastructures and architectures that just maximize everyone's peace and happiness and everyone's fullest gift actualization and potential and God realization as infinity expressing itself. Adore you. Infinite love. Thank you. Organic house cleaning. <laughs>